Advertising is a vital part of growing a business. But I know many of you are hesitant to invest in paid ads across social media platforms like Google and Facebook because it's scary, right? But you never know what type of traction you could gain from these ads or the potential impact they could have on your business. Today, I'm chatting with a friend of mine, Dr. Adam Arnold from Web Profit Maximizer. And he's here to discuss the impact of advertising and all the critical things you need to consider before hiring someone to run an ad campaign for you and how to avoid possibly overloading your business. Let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods, while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. The show features a beautiful blend of guest and soul episodes covering marketing and business growth topics, as well as ways to improve your physical, mental, and emotional self. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I run a health and wellness copywriting agency while also offering content marketing training. So whether you're keen to outsource or DIY, my team at Right Time Marketing is here for you. Either way, we'll ensure your message is seen and heard by your ideal client. If you're keen to connect, feel free to book a free 15-minute chat after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Dr. Adam Arnold. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Leanne. Great to have you here. We've known each other for a while now. We're just thinking before we hit record how long and where it originated, but one of those connections that just feels like we've known each other forever. So, yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's a bit like that, um, both kind of the health and wellness space and marketing space. So we obviously found some common ground there and then see, we're seeing each other fairly regularly at networking events and, and all that kind of thing. So this, this episode has been on the cards for a while. But I'll just introduce you, Adam, just so everyone knows who you are. So Dr. Adam Arnold from Web Profit Maximizer has been helping his clients with paid advertising since 2012. His first ad generated over 1,200 leads in one month, which I want to touch on later. And since then, he's had the pleasure of helping healthcare businesses double, triple, and even quadruple in three to 12 months. So Adam takes a 360-degree approach to growing businesses to ensure the new client opportunities he generates for them turn into happy customers who pay, stay, and refer, which is something we all want, I I think. Uh, So yes, you mentioned you've, well, you've got doctor in your name. I first want to touch upon that because what kind of doctor are you and how do you shift to advertising. I just like to hear about your business journey in general. Sure. Fair enough. And that's a question I get asked a lot. Um, and so I guess the behind the, 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 you know, the, the thing with that is, is that I am a student of life. I just love learning and I love it, love it, love it. And I became interested in health and healing after a car accident um, when I was 17. And that led me into my first degree, which is which was becoming a doctor of chiropractic. And I've been fortunate enough to have a very large practice. In fact, I've owned over six practices in the past 25 years and a health manufacturing business as well, um, which is pretty cool because I've gotten been able to test marketing ideas and sales and stuff like that inside my own businesses. Um, 
And then in 2004, I got introduced to NLP and, um, and probably through like Tony Robbins. And uh, at this time, I also got introduced to the concept of copywriting and started using that in my practice. And it, it exploded my practice. Um, Big copywriting people, you need it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, um, so, and then I also got into into the into hypnosis, and um, I created a hypnosis business, and I've um, generated over a hundred thousand leads for hypnotherapists since two thousand seven. Um, and then, that's kind of my my journey in digital marketing really started around probably 2000 with search engine optimization for my practice. And slowly it's kind of, kind of melded into Google and then later Facebook and um, which is kind of like what we'll probably talk about um, today. And then around 2012 to 2014 is when I started the digital marketing agency. Um, And so, yeah, so the background story is I'm a chiropractor, but I've kind of always been interested in the human mind, the brain, how it works. And that got me interested into, um, into marketing and sales as well. And then that eventually formed an agency. Yeah, then understand the Google brain and what that's all about. Yeah. <laughs> no one can work it out, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Facebook I know. brain and uh, all the algorithms. Cool. All right, so I want to also touch upon that 1,200 lead thing. Like, how is that even possible? Um, can you share a little bit more about that and also how they went about managing that? Because I'm, I'm assuming that would have been a massive change for their business. Um, so, yeah, I would love to hear that too. You are absolutely spot on with that last comment. Um, so, um, yeah, so this was, this was back when I was just learning how to run Facebook ads and, um, I have a, I have a mentor. Um, I'm actually a mentor in his private mastermind group now. And, um, the first ad generated 1,200 leads in a single month and it just went berserk. And it created a lot of stress for that business owner. And and that's kind of like some of the stuff we're going to talk about in today's episode is how we can avoid that from happening. And um, yeah, they went from one employee to seven in in, in a month. And, Whoa, my you know, gosh, what a change. <laughs> and when you're hiring that many employees that fast, you probably don't choose the right people and things you know get missed. And it, then it starts to break down on customer service and stuff like that as well. So definitely was a, um, a learning lesson for me early on in the piece, a good learning lesson. Um, you don't, you don't want to make them too successful in these yeah, ads exactly. because they can't handle it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah. And, and, you know, since then I've had the good fortune of working with larger businesses and we've generated 2000, 4,000, even 6,000 leads a month for some of the larger businesses that have sales teams and, um, mm-hmm. Can handle that. So, yeah. Yeah. The sales teams would definitely come in handy. I know that, yeah, if I got suddenly hit with 1200 leads, I would just, my brain would explode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But so, okay, we'll go into it probably more a bit later. But is it that you kind of then cap? I mean, I mean, it's success is good, right? But how do you cap that success? How do you just kind of keep an eye on it and then quickly take it down when it's you've kind of reached your maximum, I guess, that you can manage? Sure. And, and you know, part of this is like um, interviewing clients before we get started and knowing what they have in place, and looking at their budgets and what their expectations are. That's some of the critical factors we'll go through today. But um, yeah, in that case, in that instance, we literally just had to turn the ads off and left them off for um, a good four months before them to catch up with all of that. And then, um, and that's not that that's not necessarily um, something that still doesn't happen today. We do have clients where they're like, "Look, we've had enough for this for the past three months. And we can't um, continue to service at the level that we'd like to. So we need to, you know, pause for 
a couple of months and that uh, that certainly can happen still yeah but, um, good problem yeah. to have but yeah. that's i mean we we're saying offline as well how i'm going to put a lot of focus into you know systems and processes and that's what you definitely have in place ready for I, i've actually heard about um there was one company a couple of years ago my mother-in-law saw them on sunrise or the morning show with a little shetland pony for like unicorn parties yeah and it was just like you know mum and dad daughters kind of business and I heard about it. I booked in for my youngest daughter for her birthday party going like, that'd be awesome. And they actually commented how they haven't been able to keep up with the demand because a national TV show, um, obviously it is based on, have to be location-based, so around New South Wales, that mm. they were not really prepared for how much <laughs> traction. So any type of advertising you need to have, yeah, be prepared. Um, oh, yeah. So, well, Definitely. yeah. <laughs> So in terms of Facebook ads, I know it personally freaks me out um, and it's paying for any type of social media ads. Is it still a good option? I know, you know, there's Instagram and TikTok and all these other platforms now. Like do paid ads on Facebook still work? Should we still be looking at that or elsewhere? Well, I'm still in business, so (laughs) I guess that's a good sign. um, So you know, there's been a lot of changes on the platform and um, the iOS updates with the privacy policies and stuff have certainly limited some of the audiences in Facebook um, because I've been running ads, you know, for, for um, you know, a decade now. Um, we actually have a lot of audiences that we've built up that we are able to, to continue to use. Um, so, but the, there's, you know, really when you stick to the, like back in 2012, there was no pixels there was no audiences that stuff didn't exist in those days and when you stick to the core principles of good advertising um and 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 you then put that into the platforms that have the most eyeballs those two things together um, you're always going to be on a winner and you, you know we test other platforms as well um and you know like we're doing a lot of work in tiktok right now and honestly the platform is just like from compared to Facebook, Facebook is at least a hundred times better than TikTok or anything else that I've seen out there in terms of the um, advertising platform. So yeah, Facebook is definitely still where the eyeballs are. Um, and you know, in terms of what we're doing with our clients, we still have amazing results for our clients. So yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So yeah, on that point, it can be tricky. I, I know I navigated social media, Facebook ads like years ago when I worked yeah. at Macquarie Uni and it was fairly straightforward. I know it's not really straightforward now. So most of our listeners would probably prefer an expert to take over it to really get the most impact. And I would love to hear your, as you you touched on before, the seven critical factors that we need to know before hiring someone to run these advertising campaigns for us. I would love to hear your seven factors because I'm, you know, I've met a few people, but I never know who's dodgy, who's not without obviously investing in them first. So we'd love to hear your advice here, Adam. Sure. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny because um, there's not a week that doesn't go by that I don't talk to someone like, Oh yeah, I hired someone that didn't work. And there's always this finger pointing going on and the agency owners will point back at the client and the client will point back in there. And, <laughs> I bet, yeah. and, and so this is, this is, and, and that's where if, if we understand these critical factors in the first five to six, I'm not even going to be talking about like what an agency does. It's actually going to be about you as the business owner, what you need to be, what you should have in place already. And, um, and, and if you don't have these in place, how the agency should be helping you to 
um, put those in place so that you do have them. Um, so yeah, so I guess we'll jump, jump into critical factor number one. Um, and that is to know what your desired outcome is mm-hmm. and equally important is to be able to forecast what impact that is going to have on your current business. Yeah. Okay. And this is where business owners really need to have a real critical think about what's the impact that's going to be on your employees and what's the impact that's going to be on your current clients as well. So like, like when we talk about 1200 leads that can have a huge impact on the business owner, on their employees. And of course their current clients may not be serviced as well. So yeah, those are, those are things. Yeah. So those are definitely things that we need to think about in terms of that. And, you know, um, just not too, too long ago, I've, um, I've got a client and they were, uh, they're in the event space and, um, they wanted to, at the event, they were going to have um, booths as well. And they wanted me to sell tickets to the event. And so that was our agreement in the beginning. And I thought we were pretty clear on that. And then we give our first report to the client and they're like, yeah, but we're really not getting any booth sales from this. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. You want ticket sales, not booth sales, which is it? Do you want booths or tickets? Cause we've mm, you know, created this whole thing for that. And and they're like, no, no, we want ticket sales. I'm like, okay. And then we deliver the second report and they come back and I'm like, yeah, but we're not getting booth sales. I'm like, well, hang on. We've had this conversation twice now. And it wasn't until we put a black and white writing, they went, oh yeah, we actually, we want booth sales. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Which well, is what they were saying, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, even though I've done this over and over again, this stuff can still happen sometimes. So you need to be really clear on what the outcome is that you want from your advertising. A lot of business owners, the most common thing that I'll hear them say is, oh, we want our business to be more aware. You know, we want we want to to get our, our business known in the community. Oh. And then when I ask a little couple of people questions, and then and the one that I always ask is, so why do you want to have this awareness? And then it always comes back to, well, actually, we'd like to have more customers. Okay. So really, that's what we're wanting. And that's what our ultimate outcome is. And then I like to find out. And so we'll dig into these questions a little bit dip, deeper. And I'm, I'm like, let's pretend that you're going to Woolies and you're going shopping. Okay. But this is a special Woolies. And this Woolies is a business Woolies where you can go and you can buy customers. And if you oh, were going to shopping, I want one of them. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone does. And if you could go along the aisle and you could find the perfect customer, you know, it's aisle three, whatever it is, you know, and it's on the top shelf. And that's the customer that you want. What would you pay for that customer? And that's where, you know, the business owner needs to know um, not only the desired outcome, but some key, key information around what is the lifetime value of a customer for them, um, you know, so that they can factor in their budgets and start thinking about all those things that um, are going to be important through the advertising process. Right. Can you just explain, I, I hear that a lot, the lifetime customer, is that yeah. like 20 years? Is that like two years? Like what, how do you define it? Obviously it probably depends on your business too, but how do you work that out? Great question. Great <laughs> question. And, and um, so depends on the business completely. Um, so I will use, um, I'll use um, chiropractors as an example. Okay. Um, most chiropractors that I work with are what we would call wellness chiropractors. So they're not into looking after people for just a short period of pain relief. They want that person to be under care for the rest of their life. And so we will do a one year, what, what, what a average lifetime value of what someone will be if they were with them for a year. Um, and so they work out what their average visits are, what the average cost per visit is. And then they work out the value of that. And that's how we work out the lifetime value for a, uh, for a chiropractor. Yeah. That's probably a good way to do it. So I think, 
for me, there's obviously there's a website clients, for example, which can be one off. But if we can convince them to continue with blogs or some other support with their content going forward, then it, yeah, it, we could yeah just say based on a year of that retainer type thing. So right, and, yeah. and that's and that's the better that you know your business, and the better that you know your clients, and you can say, look, if we do ten websites in a year, we know that four of them are going to be continual blogs. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a different lifetime value for that client. And that could become a different sub client within that, within your client um, um, structure. So, um, and that helps you again for your budgeting and uh, knowing what your return on investment is going to be. Awesome. All right. Yeah. I love that one. What's, what's the next one? Um, uh, so the next critical factor is know your business, which we, we, you're going to hear me say some of these over and over again, and be able to clearly explain what you do how it benefits your clients and how you are different from your competitors. Um, And, you know, a lot of people refer to this as your unique selling position, but I think the best way to, to go about doing this is to actually do some research um, and to research, um, get a third party person to ask you questions about your business. Okay. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Claude Hopkins. No. Um, so he's, he's, he's pretty famous in the advertising world. Um, and he's got a book called scientific advertising. Um, it's an old book. It's hard to get. I think it's, I don't know if you go to Amazon, it's probably, uh, I'm just guessing here, $5,000, $7,000, something like that to buy his book. Oh yes. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing book. I've, I've got a copy of it. And it's like the it, Bible. It, so it yeah, is the Bible. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, he was hired to work with a company in the, in the U S um, back in, I think like the 1920s, 1930s for a beer company called Schlitz. And Schlitz at that time was like reported to be number, and, and the story is kind of very dependent on who you, who you listen to. Um, they were ranked to be number, number eight in the world or in the, in the U S at the time. And he got them to number one. And all he did was interview them. And then he started talking to the brewers and the brewers like, Oh yeah, this is like this room here where we've got the air. He's like, what's, what's going on with the air? He goes, oh, it's all filtered, which prevents contaminants from entering in the beer. It's like, Ooh, can, that's, that's interesting. And then um, he's like, okay, these filter pumps and stuff, like what, what goes on with them? Oh, we have to clean these twice a day. He's like, really? You clean these filters and pumps twice a day. He's like, yeah, yeah, but that's standard. Everybody does that. And then he's like, okay. And these are the beer bottles. And they're like, yeah, we sterilize these four times a day before the beer gets put in. He's like, you sterilize them four times before anything gets stuck in them. I'm like, yeah. And then um, uh, he's, they go into a special area and, and they're like, this is where we dug an artesian well to have specific water for our beer. But, you know, everyone does that, right? Like all the beer companies do this. And he's like, oh my God, like no one in the beer world was talking about all the stuff that they did. So even though it was common, no one was talking about it. All he did was make it a conversation and because Schlitz was the first company to start to bring it to the forefront, everyone started buying their beer. Oh, and even if everyone else was doing it, they were the first communicating it. Exactly. All the other companies were doing the exact same stuff, but but he was the, his his ads were the first to communicate it. So therefore it took him from eighth to number one. And so this is this is where though, because they were so into their business. Um, they didn't see, you know, the opportunity that was in front of them. And that's where having someone from the outside, a third point of view, to, party point of view to come in can really make a huge difference in terms of finding um, your, your unique selling proposition. 
Oh, I love that. I'm just um just for speaking their yeah, personal experience about us doing Zoom briefings and getting the recordings and transcriptions and uh and that's how we write the copy. Uh I mean I met another copywriter this morning at a networking event who's like, oh yeah, I, I do that too. And I thought it was quite unique. However, I haven't heard other copywriters telling the world that's what they do. So that's a little point there. Maybe a lot are doing it, but if I'm one of the first to say, we literally use your words to write your copy by doing this process, that's going to be a draw card, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that'll bring me kind of into the third critical factor, which Mm. is to know your ideal customer. Okay. When, when I got started in Facebook advertising, um, I became part of a, a, a mastermind um, with a guy named Ben Simpkin. He's touted as the world's number one Facebook marketer, done over two point something billion dollars in sales in Facebook. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, know. He's like, okay. <laughs> I, I always make a joke with Ben. I'm like, you know, when I knew you, you were nobody, you'd only done 800 billion in sales, right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, Not 10 yeah, billion. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and he's an amazing guy. He really is. I love him to death. And um, after, after I, got some of those results that I got that we were talking about earlier. Um, he invited me to become a mentor inside of his mastermind. So I've been doing that, which is an amazing opportunity. It's brought me in front of a bunch of different types of clients I would have never have ever seen before. But um, he has an exercise that, that he, he gave us to do. And this was about getting to know your ideal customer. The first time I did it, it took me a month to do. Like it was in depth, right? Like really, really in depth. But when you start to get to know your customers that well, it's amazing what you can pull out from that. Um, so, and, and like, you know, an example of that. So, um, you know, if you can, if you can tell a customer and you can describe their problem to them better than they can describe it themselves, then you automatically have them. You've won them. Right. And so um, an example of that, like that, as a chiropractor, if you came into me and you had lower back pain and before the person even says a word to me, um, I'm going to look in the the eyes and say, look, I noticed the way that you walked in here and I can see that you're having a lot of lower back pain. I'll bet that when you wake up in the morning, you're really stiff, but that's not the worst part. The worst part is, is when you sit down for about 15 to 20 minutes, when you go to stand up, it's like someone sticking a dagger in your back. And sometimes you're even losing control over your legs and it feels like you're going to topple, topple over. Mm. And then their eyes will go, Oh my God, how did you know all of that? You've right? been watching me from my bedroom window. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and, but they automatically go, if this person knows that much about me, just walk in, what me walking in, then they've got to have the solution, right? Mm. But that comes from years of years and years and years of working with your customers. So oftentimes a business owner knows their customers really well, but they've never just sat down and started writing out um, and the words that people say. So in, an example in Australia, one of the common words that people say is, I've just got a niggle. And, you know, you can hear from my accent, I originally come from Australia. That's not a term that's used in the United States, right? And that was a term that I had to start to learn how to, to use. And, and if we're using words that our ideal customers are using, then that's something that um, will help us to, uh, to, to have uh, an amazing experience with our ads. And this is something, again, your agency should be pulling out from you and in fact, sometimes what we will be doing is we will be interviewing um, our clients' customers as well. So depending on how well they know their customers, if they don't know them that well, then we will go through and we'll do an interview process with them as well. 
Oh, that's brilliant. So you just ask yeah. them, like, what drew you towards these guys? Uh, what yeah. was your pain points initially? That kind of stuff, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and we, we go into their their pain points and mm-hmm. what it was like working with them, what they thought was really special about them. And um, you've probably heard, like, the dream story and the nightmare story. Um, so we'll go through what their what their dream story was and what, what their nightmare story was before and after. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next one. So, so as you can see right now, we've just talked about, we're up to the three critical factors. We're just talking about things that the business owner should know about their business really, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Standard <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Now, the fourth one, and this one is critical. This one is the critical. And um, I don't know. Can, can, I, can, I, can I say something that's a little dirty? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, I just heard I just heard one of the copyright friends said this one. It's so funny. Um, so this is this is you gotta come up with an offer that's desirable by your ideal customer. And he said he said it's he said it it's gotta stand out like bull balls on a chihuahua. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> picture so, it around, picture it. Yep, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you might edit that part out, but um, so <laughs> so um so once you get to know your ideal customer and you know what their first step is in their journey, then you should have a no brainer offer for them. That just makes it like they're saying to themselves, my God, I'd just be stupid if I didn't take you up on this offer, you know? And, um, you, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a book right now that I'm, uh, that just finished a um, hundred million dollar offers by um, Alex Hermosi. Um, great book um, for anyone who's listening. Um, and Alex talks about this, you know, everyone talks about prices, but it's not necessarily price. It's about value. And so this is something where um, with, with our clients, like we work a lot because of my background in chiropractic, I work with a lot of chiropractors and I've learned now, I don't even give them an option to choose like i'll give them like two or three offers and they have to choose one of my offers that i'll give them if they're not going to use those offers and i'm like sorry i've done this so many times before it, it won't work mm. um, and so you know when you're working with an agency you want to know like um, what offers will work in your industry and what works in your niche um because you don't want to use something that's 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 you know, that's not going to work and so tried and true things that are always going to work are the things that you want to you want to stick with so your offer is absolutely critical in terms of what you're going to be putting out there. And as a business owner, you again might be close to your business and you think, oh, this is amazing what I'm offering. But your ideal customer would go, well, that's not, that's that's not really nice. That's not really great. I don't like that offer. Um, and a little point here, I'll just go go off on a little thing that we'll talk about 1200 leads. This is kind of like that. Be careful with your offer. Don't make it too good as well. <laughs> um, so I uh this is this was uh, back when I had a chiropractic practice in Chatswood, and ran an offer, and uh, it was an amazing offer. It was a 90, 90 minute massage and initial chiropractic consultation for seventeen dollars. One seven. One seven. Wow. Okay. My chiropractic friends were wanting to buy it to take up and up on it, right? Um, and um, this was a group of chiropractic practices. We went in on this deal together. 6,000 out of 8,000 people chose my practice. Oh, wow. Right. I had one massage therapist. In the first I handle 20, the demand. Yeah. In the, in the first 24 hours, we were booked a year out for massages. In three weeks, I had 13 massage therapists working for me. Right. And it just went silly crazy right you just got to be careful with what your what your offers are um don't make it too good and, and they come lost. back though or they just all one-offs of 17 dollars uh, they, they were they were one-offs and you know we learned we learned i learned from that so i was like okay 
these people are coming in because they want a really good deal. Let's give them another deal. And so we started creating a, a um, I got, you know, from, um, uh, what is it? Last minute, the travel mm-hmm. website, like yeah. lastminute.com. Um, I was like, well, let's create something like last minute for massages. So when we'll leave like three or four spaces every week open that we will advertise as last minute and we send it out in the emails. So then as our email list got bigger, we started sending this offer out and then people would start to take that back up. So then we started getting, um, recouping some of our money. Um, that we had uh, yeah lost on that offer. Um, wow, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, but, or even or doing something too much for free, even like a um, something that you really can char- usually charge five hundred bucks for or something. Don't do that either, just to get them in the door. Because as you said, it's no guarantee that seventeen dollars or free they're going to convert into paying or paying more or be ongoing. Yeah, yeah. In in the healthcare space, I don't like giving away free consultations or anything like that because um it will create a lot of no-shows and yeah. other other issues as well so um, um in fact we try to get um uh, the the leads to um actually pay for their appointment before they uh before they um, turn up so that then that um, that person is, is going to be more likely to turn up so yeah. You cover that, yeah. yeah. And it's a question that popped into my head just before as well. Mm-hmm. So if you mostly do advertising for chiropractors, how do you make it different from each chiropractor different? Like do you – obviously it's the tone of voice is going to be different, maybe their clients going to be different, the focus, but how do you make sure that every advertising campaign is unique? So um, that's a really good question. And – it's not a, in that case, it's not necessarily about making it unique. Um, our campaigns can look exactly the same. In fact, um, we'll get into this in critical factor, I think, number six. Yeah. Um, when we start talking about, like, um, when I'm asking a client for uh, things that we might need from them. So, for example, we might need a video that we script for them and have them do. Some clients don't you know, it might take them three, six months to get that done. And so I've learned, okay, we've got to have a backup plan. And so we've got um, generic videos that we use for our chiropractic clients um, so that we can get things installed. And so we use those generic videos. We've got those running all over the world in different chiropractic campaigns. Um, and um, the offer is uh, is pretty good. So it's, a, it's an irresistible offer and it's the offer that's the key here. So it's not necessarily about making it unique. It's just about having an offer that is tried, true, and proven. And once you have a tried, true, proven offer, then you can use that offer and you don't have to be like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, and I guess um, I lost my train of thought. It's yeah, yeah. The the target audience is going to be different for everyone too, because with a chiropractor, it's obviously location based. People usually want someone local to them, yep. so you've got that factor as well. So it doesn't matter if you have the same video here or the other side of Sydney or interstate, because the audience will be completely different. Right, and and we don't we don't work with like we have boundaries on our clients. Yeah. So we don't, we don't work with two clients in the same area. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's something I didn't write down. It's a good thing came up. Um, and that's something to ask your, um, your, you know, your agency that you're working with as well is, is are they working with anyone else in your industry, in your niche and in the same area? Um, mm. Because you don't want to have competing uh, ads running against, um, against your own ads. And certainly you don't want the same agency running ads against you. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, um, like I'll use the, the example of, of, uh, of chiropractic again. Um, 
we want to give the the person that's watching the video or seeing whatever it is in in Facebook. This is like a little bit of a bonus. We want to let them know what it's going to be like, what they're going to experience when they're there with you. And so through the video, we can actually give them the process of like, oh, that's what it's going to be like. That looks like it feels really good. I want to have that done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, in the in the um, marketing that we do in, in, in my own businesses, that's what a lot of people will come in and say, like, oh, I saw that video. That just looks so good. I want that. Yeah, nice. I think, yeah, definitely if you've got those types of services where hands-on like the massage or the beauty treatments or something that people would just go, ooh, that's awesome. Um, Things like acupuncture might scare people. Uh, (laughs) They see the needles poking out everywhere. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, a very good point. And what are we up to? Are we up to? I know we kind of jumped around a little bit. Five, six. We're number five now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, critical number five is know uh, the journey that someone's going to take from the point of seeing an ad until they purchase. And this has to be clear. Um, So what steps in your campaign, what it's going to look like. So have a flow chart of what the steps are going to be in the campaign. And then what you think it's going to be probably isn't going to be what it's really going to be. Um, and so we need to make sure that, so one of the things that, that we have to temper with all of our clients is I think, Oh yeah, I'm going to run an ad and people are just going to go and buy this and do this, whatever. And the reality is it can take 40, 50, 60 touch points to get someone to actually take you up on your offer, even though it's the best offer in the world. And so, um, you know, like we have built into our campaigns, um, an SMS series that goes out every single day for 14 days in a row. We have multiple emails. And then after that 14 days finishes, it goes into a second series, which then continues on for another three months. So we've got all these touch points. We've got scripts that we provide our our clients with series wanting to get in on our conversation here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, we've got scripts that we give to our clients as well. So how they need to follow up, how that, what they do on the first day, the second day, the third day. And so it's important that, um, that you know what the journey is going to be like so that there's no surprises along the way from the moment someone sees an ad through to the point where they actually um, are, 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 you know, exchanging their credit card information with you. Yeah. And we used to say like seven touch points, but now I guess it's with well, social media. When I bombarded with so many things, it does take oh, yeah. a lot longer. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. And, and I can't remember. Um, gosh, it's not coming to me now. I, 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 there's some more recent research that's showing it, it's way above 40. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. 50. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Wow. It's got to keep on trying people. Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, like depending on the value of your service, then when you go back to your lifetime value, that may not be worthwhile for you to do. That might cost too much for you to do. It may be a losing proposition, um, but for most of our clients, it's not. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about critical factor number six. Yep. That is know your own role in this campaign. What are you going to need to do? What are you going to need to provide? And so, um, so some of the things that that we ask our, our clients to provide, of course, is videos, images. If we're doing um, a, a webinar for a client, as an example, then they need to obviously create a webinar. Do they need? Do they have they created webinars before? So you need to know: Have you done that before? If not, you're going to need to understand how to do webinars. And you're going to need some guidance. Will the agency provide those scripting for you? Um, if you um, uh, if when you start to work with an agency as well, they're going to need access to um, your website, to uh, your CRM system, to 
Facebook page, your Facebook ad accounts, all of that sort of stuff. So these are things that, that you know, you need to find out from the agency, what you're going to need to provide them, and then how often you're going to need to provide them. Like we asked some of our clients that we needed to, two new videos every single month, and that that may be a lot for them to do. So we may have to, um, you know, talk about how we can negotiate around that. So, um, yeah. Then the, the biggest one is, is knowing, um, like, who's going to do the follow-up process after after an inquiry has been generated. A lot of people think when an inquiry has been generated, if we call them once, that's it, we're done. They hang up the phone and then that person's going to call them back and that doesn't happen. You got to keep having that follow-up. And so um, in the healthcare space, um, most healthcare practitioners, when they first start working with an agency, they're not used to this and their staff's not used to it. So, um, you know, the receptionist is used to answering the phone, not making outbound calls. And um, they think if they left a message, that's it. Someone will call them back and that doesn't work that way. So you need to understand um, the, you know, the, the, the follow-up process. Who's going to do that? Is the agency going to do it for you? You're going to do it for yourself. Um, yeah. So that's critical factor number five is know your own role in the campaign what you're going to have to provide for them. And that's a very good point because it's not just offhanding it going, here you go, you guys just manage my ads. Like there will be involvement from you. Be aware of that. Um, it's not just, okay, yep, done. So it's very, I mean, I say the same with writing projects. Like it is very collaborative. You can't, I mean, you obviously know your business better than the agency does. Yeah. So you need to be willing to put that effort in as well. And I just go, oh, you just do whatever. Just bring in leads. And yeah, and then obviously being prepared for when those leads come in with how you're going to do the follow-ups and everything and have those processes in place. Exactly. Yeah. And then that brings us to lucky number seven, critical factor number seven. Um, and the, the, the biggest question I would encourage someone to do is, is, is ask the agency what experience they have working in your niche. Um, and that's, you know, we've already talked about offers. Do they have a proven offer in your niche that they've worked mm-hmm. with before? Um, do they have proven campaigns that they've used? Um, and in their experience, this is where you want an honest answer with them. Where have things fallen down in the past? And if those things have fallen down in the past, what things have they put in place to rectify that situation? Like as an example, we said, you know, sometimes clients take three to six months to get a video to us. So we've put in place that we've got generic videos that we can use in our campaign so that we can get started within, you know, three to five days normally. Um, uh, we, we know now that um, when we need to get into access to someone's website or their Facebook account, that we need to have a Zoom call set up with either the client or their web developer, whoever it is, it's going to have that access so that we, once we have a, an appointment in the diary, we know that it's going to get done. Mm. So these are, these are some of the things that, um, that, uh, that, that are important, you know, um, factors for, for you to think about. Um, some of the other things to think about with the agency is what's the onboarding process going to look like? So when we start and is there going to be any dead space? So when we start working in a, in a area that we haven't worked in before, you know, I always said that, that that first time it took me a month to really get to know the client that when I work with a new client or really diving in deep with that, that means that um, uh, in a new client, sorry, in a new niche we've never worked in before, then that means that we're going to need to do a lot more research. And so there's going to be a two to four week period where, you know, we're doing the research and we're really grinding to find out more information about the company to come find out more about the, their clients. And, um, and creating those offers and all the all the other di- different little pieces. And so they're not going to hear a lot from us. We need to make sure that we let them know that. So if you could be proactive and ask the, the um, agencies are going to be that, 
dead space, you know, um, you know, and what, what should we do? Because at the same time, you don't want to be, you know, stressed and wondering what's going on. You know, you just paid money to this agency and nothing's happening. And also at the same time, you don't want to be, you know, ringing them every single day as well. And feel, um, you know, like you're kind of bugging. Them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so that's, that's one thing is, is that, and the, the other, one of the other things is, um, what would be their expectation of lead costs? And, you know, I, you know, again, this just all comes from having experience. Um, I know that in a live event, um, you know, in Australia right now to get someone a bum on the seat, you're going to spend, you know, 500 to $750 to get them into the seat in a live event. And I had, um, a, a guy, um, this has been a few years back now, he approached me and he wanted to have an event and he wanted 500 people to it. No problem. That'll be $250,000. <laughs> and he went, what? His chair. He went, what? Yeah, he fell out of his chair. And um, it's funny, um, uh, kind of, kind of not. Um, uh, you know, and I took the time to explain to him, of course, explain what's, you know, what's going on. And, and this is where you know, oftentimes as an agency, we spend our time, you know, making sure expectations are really, really true and accurate. And I let him know, you know, that this is what the going rate is to get someone above the seat. And he's like, oh, but you can get leads for 10 or $12. I'm like, that's a lead. That's not a bum in the seat. It might take 10 leads to get one bum in the seat, mm. but that's not all that it takes is the advertising. You ought to factor in what well, you're going to need someone to do a sales call. You're going to need someone to follow those people up, even though they purchased a ticket to remind them that they're going to be, you know, attending the event. And so there's all these other additional costs that you may not have, you know, factored in there. And it's kind of interesting because he, he's like, I can, I know I can do it for a lot cheaper. And I was like, all right, go ahead. And, uh, <laughs> and, back. and it's funny because I watched him over the next uh, 12 months, try to start an advertising agency. What? Yeah, I know, I know, right? Oh, he's like, that's where the money is. <laughs> yep, right. And then and then he failed at it and he, and he he stopped. And then I saw him actually join the private mastermind that I meant to. Mentor. All right. <laughs> and um, and then he dropped out of that. And and you know, so I've seen him over like three years just trialing all of these different things. And um um and it's and I'm like back when we started, I said, look, 500 is way too many. Let's start with 20. 50 right that's because you don't even nobody even knows you in, mm. in in the country no one knows you so we need to get you out there and get you known you're not you know a tony robbins people don't know your, your, your name you know, just yeah, by 500 is a lot then for it's, someone not known yeah yeah wow. and so so um so i was like you know let's just start with 20 or 50 and let's build it up and if we would have done that three years ago today he'd probably be having 500 as events but um you know, um, so, so definitely, you know, um, have, have, you know, open conversations with your agency and make sure, you know, listen to them because they're, they're the ones that are experienced and, and if they've, if they've got experience in your, in your niche and, um, what their expectations are, because, um, that should be tempered. And, um, you know, I, I've also had people who've come to me with agencies who, from other agencies that have promised them the world. I'm like, well, how much experience do they actually have on that? Because that's not the reality. Um, you, you know, and I can, I can, I can, you know, unequivocally tell a chiropractor, look, this is what it's going to cost if you're in this area of Sydney versus if you're in this regional area, this is what it's going to cost because I know because we've run ads there. Um, and so this is what your expectation uh, should be. Um, but but um, if it was an area that I didn't know about, if, you know, if someone was in a, in a, in a niche I've never done and in an area I've never done, I'm going to have to say, look, I can only ballpark it. This yeah. is where we're going to be at. Right. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, um, so so you, you know, make sure that you ask about their, the agency's experience if they worked in the niche, um, what proven offers that they that they have, um, what their follow up is going to be like once you start running ads. Um, have clear expectations on you know how often they're going to be reporting back to you, um, and um, and then you know if you need to have a monthly or fortnightly meeting to to do updates and things like that as well. So uh, make sure you're asking those questions um, of the agency as well. Yeah. Oh, this is brilliant. Great to get everyone started for those who've been nervous or burnt before. This is stuff that you can go back, obviously rewind, pause, write down your stuff, come back and, and tune in. Uh, all great stuff. Thank you so much, Adam. been great. Um, and so now I'll ask my questions. I ask my guests and okay. this one is, you know, what type of marketing works best for you in your business? And I'm only assuming is it Facebook ads or is it actually something different? <laughs> You know, because because of uh, of of uh, of my, I guess um, uh, I've been doing it for a while, so I'm kind of like well known in the industry, and so I do get approached a lot just off of personal referrals and friends. Um, but Facebook advertising is definitely something that we we do um, spend a fair amount of money on. Yeah, um, you have to yeah. walk the talk, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we do we do get um, 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 some clients from from our Facebook ads as well. Um, and we actually do run some specific ads, which are more just about um, getting eyeballs on our ads so that we can get our name in front of people who don't know us yet. Awesome. And how do you look after your health and wellness? Great question. So first thing is every Monday morning at 10 o'clock, I get my spine adjusted because um, that's critical to have that. By yourself? No, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> like, is there a way? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I go to a chiropractor and, and uh, we adjust each other every Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, we, we check each other and um, um, I do that. Um, I make sure that I'm drinking lots of water. Um <laughs> four liters of minimum a day, um, sometimes at six. Um, Whoa. <laughs> gotta nice. have water. Gotta have water. Um, so important. And um, I, I love going for walks and meditating as well. Fantastic. And how can people connect with you? Oh, well, um, so they could uh, send, uh, send me an email. I can go visit our website. Um, this is a bit tricky. There's a little bit of a funny story here because I've lived in Australia for 26 years in August. Yeah. 26 years this August, 2022. Um, I will have been here. Yeah. 26 years. Wow. So I've lived in Australia longer than I was lived in America. Um, so uh, when I set up my website originally, I spelled it the American way. Uh. But because I, because I was going back and forth in my head, I was sure I spelled it the Australian way. And, and a friend of mine was going, no, that's not right. And I'm going, no, it is. That that's the Australian way. He's like, no, no, sorry, mate. It's not. I'm like, no, it is, it really is. He's like, no, it isn't. And I Google it. I'm like, oh darn it, I did. And you so, already registered it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'd had I'd had the email address. And so this like this has gone on for like two or three years, and I thought I had it all, you know. So my email address has the Z in it, not the S in the word maximizer. Um, so it's um, Adam at Web Profit Maximizer with a Z.com. Um and the <laughs> website has been set up now with a proper uh, setting, and that is uh, Web Profit Maximizer with an S dot com dot EU. So they can reach out to us on uh, on either way if they want to find me in social media. Uh, they can look up Dr. Adam Arnold as well. So. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been great. Lots of great tips there. Um, guys, yeah, go up like lots of gold nuggets there. Um, thank you, Adam. It's been great. Glad I could finally have you on the show. And um, yeah, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me in a rating and a rating a review where you can and grab a screenshot of this episode and share it across your socials to get the message out there. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show. You can also find me on Instagram under Leanne Shelton 247 or book in a free 15 minute chat because I absolutely love to chat about how I can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.